0: Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life Weekend. Uh, Hello and welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. I'm Dirk, I'm your host and we are approaching Weekend 20. I hope you enjoyed a good fishing opener and had brought your boat out or just fished. I saw many, many people on the road while we were doing a road trip here to Inspiration Peak, in fact. Oscar and I took the car and we went to Wedina, had lunch at Omar's Bread past Saturday and we checked out uh, the new brewery in Wedina. We interviewed Brad last year, who was involved here at Disgruntled in Purim, and now is um, involved in drastic measures in Wedina. So that's a place you may want to check out and Inspiration Peak was a really pretty hike also. Um, As you know, we do a lot of road trips. That was one of it. Um, There's more to come. We are also working on our new magazine which is going into print in a couple weeks. We are very excited with more destinations and road trips available. If you are seeking, looking for events in the area you know you can go to lakelifeweekend.com to find the the latest and greatest so thank you very much for using this and thank you for tuning in i don't want to keep this much longer for our interview with becky mitchell from the becker county museum and as you know i really enjoy the arts and um, for rainy days or any day it's good to go to a museum and we learned about the relevance of preserving our history of course and actually in 1882 i think it was um, the people of becker county decided to preserve history and they made a smart move i find uh, we all find and we have treasures hidden in those um, rooms and you will hear all about that and also their vision for a brand new museum to be built uh, in the next few years Um, and everybody's invited to actually donate or support i think that's really important for us um, as we play a lot in our um, yeah lakes country area here and enjoy becker county uh, for the future hopefully and learning what happened in the past so yeah i don't keep this much longer thank you again for tuning in check out our website enjoy this upcoming weekend and here is becky mitchell from the becker county museum thank you have a great weekend ahead. Welcome to our interview part. Uh, I'm here with Becky Mitchell. Hi, Becky. Hi. Thank you for coming. Um, we were here to talk about the Becker County Museum. You are the executive director there. And um, before we deep dive into history and uh, visioning, the future, <laughs> um, the building and the um collection exhibits. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, if you may. Uh, Where are you from? How did you arrive in Lakes Country? And how did you become the executive director of a museum?
1: Sure. Um, I grew up in the Fargo-Moorhead area. And uh, the Detroit Lakes area was not foreign to me, as so many uh, residents from the Fargo-Moorhead area know. That was our location, of course, on the weekends. And um, my parents grew up in Detroit Lakes. So my grandparents lived there. I spent my entire life kind of traveling that Highway 10 route back and forth from Fargo to Detroit Lakes. And in my adult life, I left the Fargo-Moorhead area for a few years and moved to Ohio, Mm -hmm. and then when my husband and I decided to move back to this area, uh, most of my immediate family had left the Fargo-Moorhead kind of surrounding area and had moved to various locations, some of which were in Lake Country, and we just really decided that was kind of where we wanted to to you know, plant our roots, if you will, and raise our kids in a smaller school district and what have you. So that's how I ended up in, in the area and worked at the Historic Homes Theatre for uh, almost 10 years, just shy of 10 years served on the board at the Becker County Historical Society and Museum. Mm -hmm. And um, when the position came open for director, I applied and kind of one thing led to another. So. (laughs) Very good. Yeah. How long have you been in that role? I have been, it'll be four years this August. Yeah. I think I read
0: that in the newspaper four years ago yeah i do remember that the position is newer yeah (laughs) yeah
1: um interesting interesting but you also mentioned you are an artist i am i am i have been doing uh, stained glass and mosaic art for gosh probably longer than i really want to mention but about 25 years now so Yeah. yeah i started in my really kind of right out of school years out of high school years learned how to do stained glass and um, if you are a stained glass artist, you know that you end up with a lot of scrap glass from those those beautiful windows and, and pieces that you make. And that kind of led me into mosaic art. So I've done quite a bit of community outreach with um, the mosaics. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots in schools over the years, lots of community projects.
0: Okay, so you're very involved and passionate about the arts and, uh, and now also preserving history. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Tell us um, maybe the day-to-day of an executive director um, how does that work operating a museum and what does the Becker County Museum and also the Historic Society all provide to the community?
1: Sure so I think it really varies Um, even in the world of museums in our state it really varies probably what a, a director is doing just because there's a there's over 400 museums in the state of Minnesota and every county I think except for two have a county museum Mm -hmm. and some of them are maybe a little higher functioning as far as have employed staff that are there on a regular basis and we fall into that category although we are a smaller museum we do have staff um, five days a week Tuesday through Saturday Mm -hmm. whereas um, other museums, even in our region, uh, Monoman for instance, is very volunteer run. And mm-hmm. so uh, they maybe have, you know, a, a paid staff or a dedicated volunteer that kind of takes the charge, but they're not open every day. They're open seasonally or on the weekends. And so mm-hmm. pr- those duties probably vary quite a bit. But in my world, um, I have a staff of five people. Some are part time, two are full time, along with myself and uh, I manage them, of course, and we're in a really a, a growing surge right now. We're blessed to be in a surge of, of extreme growth and participation in our museum. Mm-hmm. So really looking towards the future of what that programming looks like, um, really growing our volunteer base, all while kind of keeping our day-to-day activities strong and make sure we have advertising as much as we can out and really um, trying to engage the the current audience while attracting a newer audience Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Growing, I like to hear that a museum is still growing so the digital time age didn't take away the exhibit.
1: (laughs) I think it's changing. Interesting. Um, What we've been told in museum world is as we move into the future, Um, because we are not the same sort of society as we once were we're very disposable for instance we don't save things the way we used to we don't hold on to those trunks and spinning wheels and you know TVs and things like that we we dispose of them so as time moves on you're going to see the research area of libraries really growing and the digital um, area so um, audio stories and videos and um, Documents, scan documents, you know, items will become more accessible via computers and online. You'll see that area really grow. And you'll see... Also in your place. Yep, also in our place. And you'll see the exhibit portion. Um, a couple of things will happen. Those items will become reinforcements to what you're reading and researching. So, for instance, let's say we're you're doing an article or you're doing a paper on... How the early settlers made butter, let's just say that. And they refer to a butter churn. So hopefully then you can go out to the collection and find that visual piece to Mm -hmm. be able to reinforce what you're reading. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as artifacts break down and everything has its life, you know, Mm -hmm. as we move forward in time, those artifacts will will slowly fade away and so we really have to work at preserving what we have currently Mm -hmm. and growing that you know I'm guilty of it myself I I clean out my kids rooms and I maybe don't save that toy that was super popular two years ago whereas really we should be a little more thoughtful Hmm. about what we're saving and what we're the
0: he-man hero (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly so um, we're really changing and pictures think about pictures I mean how many of us actually print a picture yeah. anymore right and so although we have way more pictures because we take them on our phones and we take them on our iPads we don't do anything with those pictures we don't label them so mm-hmm. just think about that a little bit when scrap-booking. You're taking, yeah we don't I mean there are certainly some that are very into scrapbooking yeah, yeah, exactly. but as a society as a whole I, I don't think we do quite the job we used to so really think about that label your pictures who is in them And if it's an interesting picture, you might want to put them in a folder on your computer or print them off and and at some point send them to your local museum. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. No, uh, yeah, Uh, we are
0: uh, getting a little off already and (laughs) becoming uh, (laughs) philosophical, but what is it worth actually to, to collect from the toys perspective? I mean, I think my son is still very... Uh, passionate about seeing like an old steel car Mm -hmm. uh, um, which is now probably 80 90 years (laughs) old a toy now yeah or like a rocking horse or whatever they call it yeah Uh, maybe to see it but what of the nowadays toys are worth preserving i mean do we even want to preserve like uh, what is it called um mind's craft minecraft I mean yeah. how do you preserve <laughs> that do you actually have a an iPad now that we're going to display in 30 years and that's what they used to play sure. and then look people look at it like uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows the future? Yeah. Exactly. But, okay, it's a brain brain training, brain thoughts. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And you don't know what, of course, is going to become that kind of valuable nugget uh, down the road. So yeah, it, it is a it's an interesting path we're on for sure. Right.
0: So now I learned earlier that we are celebrating the 150th anniversary of Becker County in 2021. Mm-hmm. So um, we are approaching that, and I'm pretty sure that our exhibit at the Becker Museum, Becker County Museum, is filled with early settlers' equipment, or, or I want to say materials. But explain, uh, describe the, the exhibition, maybe, or the, sure, the con- sure. collection.
1: Okay, so yes, you're correct. In 2021, um, Becker County will be celebrating 150 years of organization as a county. So that means that's when our county government was established and we kind of became a... a, a society, if you will. And Detroit Lakes, the city of Detroit Lakes is also celebrating 150 years, as well as several townships kind of around the county and churches and what have you. So a lot happened 150 years ago in our museum when you come in um you will there we have always a uh native american a first nations display mm-hmm. um we have quite a bit of items in that exhibit there's a regalia there are the bandolier bags we actually have the the largest bandolier bag that's the bag that kind of crosses over your body if you don't know it hangs down at the side yeah. um we have the largest collection in the state. of That's Bandler. a Native American mm-hmm. bag mm-hmm. Uh, design? Yep, Native American invention. bag, yep. Um, lots of beadwork, birch bark. We have a couple birch bark canoes, actually. So very nice... Uh, a display of Native American items. We also have a meteorite that is the largest meteorite in a private collection in the state. So that's a little interesting tidbit. Okay, that what is a
0: meteorite? Is meteorite it a meteorite fell it from rock? the sky, yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. yeah. It
1: fell from the sky, landed in a. Ahmed oh, meteorite. yeah, yeah. Meteorite. yeah. And it's, it weighs about 100 pounds. So it's actually a quite substantial meteorite. Um, the, I've been told, I don't know this for a fact, that the next largest fits in the palm of your hand and is at the University of Minnesota. So... <laughs> How small is it? The one at the U of M, I've yeah, been told, fits, small. fits in your hand. Yeah. It's, but it's heavy. Well, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Ours is big. Ours is about the size of like a bag of dog food and weighs about 100 pounds and what's interesting about that meteorite is i look at that and if i stumbled across that in my field i'm not sure that i would think it was anything different than a rock so it's interesting how somebody had enough knowledge right to have that tested it Um, fell in becca county yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) when um back in the i want to say back in the 50s 40s somewhere like that oh yeah Um, we have a a taxidermy display we have a display on logging the the east part of our county the Frazee area was heavy logging area so there's that display Um, we have a a one-room cabin that we rotate into different exhibits. Right now, it's a trapper's cabin because we have a very uh, large trapping exhibit there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but at times, it's a early settlers cabin. It's a, you know, it's a one-room cabin like they would have built in the early... And you
0: can experience the lifestyle back in the day.
1: Yep, yep um there is uh the first post office in becker county is on display we have a very very extensive military collection um a very extensive rifle collection um there's down in our lower level we have the the we dub it the world's smallest gas station there was a gas station kind of in detroit lakes if you know where the depot is and the graystone right in the middle of highway 10 in that location there was a little tiny itty bitty i mean basically one person can fit inside gas station so there's a really neat story behind that but a lot of our exhibits kind of rotate the focus of what we're um, portraying i mentioned that fur trade exhibit so right now we kind of clear out as much as we can and we really have focused on trapping and trading in becker county we have a exhibit in from the state called um, for for trading in Minnesota so there's kind of that state component to our collection and then downstairs we have a lot of hands-on activities for kids so we have lots of furs that they can feel the difference lots of animal tracking activities learning the different how different tracks look so they can identify them when they're out in nature Um, and so yeah we've really worked hard on um, rotating those, those exhibits so things like our Native American area or our military area we always have that focus in those areas but what's in the exhibit changes we rotate it out and put different items in
0: so um, I mean it sounds like a I Uh, don't want to say a standard museum but like a good museum with uh, um, a lot of uh, exhibits to experience so your audience um, if I picture that is it like a majority of
1: elementary like younger uh, um, people i would say we have kind of the both ends of the spectrum we have we have a very strong um, retiree kind of patron Um, a lot of our retirees will come in and do a lot of research in the library we have a great research library yeah you Um, mentioned that a couple of times how big is that um well it's right (laughs) our collection is extensive we have tens of thousands of pictures Um, we've got documents that were signed in the late 1800s by eg holmes i mean we have really valuable pieces of information, plat maps, tax records, um, township records. We have many, many township records so people coming in to do research on various items um, mm-hmm. there's it's a treasure trove our challenge is it's not very accessible
0: no catalog <laughs> yeah the
1: cataloging has been um, you know over the years there's been definitely concerted efforts in periods of time but never an ongoing concerted effort yeah, sure. and so as we move into the future we're really working hard at we're actually building our own system of, of cataloging on on a computer so that you know if you were to come in in a few years and you want to look up information on family resorts for instance Uh you could type that in and then what we have should be able to come up and that will that project will take decades but Mm -hmm. we really are working hard on getting a system in place so that we can continue to grow instead of restarting reinventing the wheel if you will Mm -hmm. every every few years so um, yeah, so we have a lot of retirees, and then we have the other end, a lot of schools coming in with the younger kids and younger families.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm sure that makes sense. Um, but it's, it's also like a rainy day destination, yeah, isn't it? How, absolutely. Is it on the weekends? Do you experience during the, let's say, summer season, do you have a lot of people finding you and looking you up?
1: Yeah, we really do feel the effects of the tourists. You know, we we definitely get busier in the summertime, um, which is great. People are coming back home. You know, they're visiting, they're traveling. Um, we get people just the other, just last week, actually, we had a gentleman in from Mississippi who's, Great great grandfather was Charles Johnston, who's the gentleman who actually founded Detroit Lakes. Oh, and yeah, so I this love was the name. his yeah. The great, Lake. Yep. Yeah, great great grandson came in. So we took a really? picture of him with his great great grandpa's pic uh portrait. Really? And, really? Um, we'll get people coming in from Norway we'll get people coming in that have grown up in the area and they're coming back and you know just want to say hi or curious about something so yeah we definitely see a surge in the summertime
0: okay good that's good to know yeah and and um, um, do you have like a
1: membership base yep we do. Uh, we have memberships and those memberships what does a membership buy you? There's a few um, you you know you get a little discount in the gift shop and you maybe get some sneak peeks at our traveling exhibits. We try to open those an hour early for our members. Um, on their opening day but really what you're getting is the knowledge that that's really what keeps us open day to day and it's really what fulfills the mission of preserving um, the past and uh, connecting to today so we can explore the future yeah no I,
0: I think it's very relevant um how how many um, revolving exhibits like you mentioned that they change do you have like uh, one every other month is it six openings a year (coughs) program yeah so
1: if we're talking just our collection and what we have on display we rotate something every month something changes every month in the museum Um, as far as a traveling exhibit uh, that has varied but moving forward i'm trying to really get at least two traveling exhibits in every year whether Mm -hmm. it be a state exhibit or or a larger exhibit. We've had Smithsonian exhibits, no, um, really. and I'm really talking a lot with the Smithsonian about 2021 and that celebratory yeah. year, um, hoping to get a larger exhibit in that year. Oh, so yeah. yeah, there's always always something new.
0: <laughs> How many galleries? I mean, I've been there once, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, too little. Yeah, <laughs> but I know there was an upstairs. Um, you mentioned it downstairs. Do you have an additional room for the travelling exhibits? How 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 is that how much square foot? How
1: yeah. Big is it? They they get um, kind of dispersed with our regular exhibit area. Okay. Um, so, you know, in the aisles or up, we do have kind of an event area, we call it. We're located in an old church. Right. So that pulpit area up front, we do a lot of, for instance, today, we have a brown bag lunch. The second Wednesday of the month, we always have a brown bag lunch. And I know you mentioned you had come to one of those. Yes. Um, but that is an area we will put things on display as well. So we kind of intermix it a little bit really what we try to do is whatever the traveling exhibit we're bringing in we try to relate it to becker county as much as we can so how can we switch out our exhibits and display items from becker county that you know reinforce what whatever that exhibit is so for instance right now it's the fur trading exhibit Mm -hmm. how did the fur trade and how did trapping affect becker county Mm -hmm. so we try to tell the becker county side of the story
0: oh yeah oh interesting so it's worth to attend regularly
1: yeah if absolutely. you are a
0: local resident you always learn something yeah
1: yep, yeah in the fall we have an exhibit coming in called electrifying minnesota uh-huh. so that's the story of how electricity came into the state of minnesota we're Interesting. partnering with the public utilities department in detroit lakes and our exhibit our local focus will be how it came into becker county and detroit lakes and we'll have lots of information on that history, but then also the science component of it, you know, how does electricity work, basically?
0: Well, we had uh, um, Tim Thompson from the Lake Region Electric Cooperative in our program, and he spoke about the history, how that was even organized, uh, a few farmers that wanted to have electricity... I don't know if it was the 50s or 50s but rural Minnesota was not really accessible <laughs> or, or connected right. with electricity so uh, interesting yeah. yeah I like I like those so that I'm looking forward to that <laughs> now um, now we learned uh, relevance uh, collection uh, we your location is by the home Theater yep. across the road right on Summit
1: there. Avenue yep uh,
0: and a too small of a building too
1: small of a building and <laughs> now uh,
0: looking into the future because I read articles years ago What's the visioning? What's the goal? Um, um, the hopes? Uh, where, where are we at um, growing? You said we have a lot of growth yep, to do. Sure. Do you
1: f- so I, l- I'm going to backtrack back to 2015 mm-hmm. when I took the position as director. There was a uh, building plan kind of on the table at that time. It was a standalone building, um, one level. Uh, right adjacent to the home cedar but not connected and um, there it was a little over a three million dollar campaign and there was about a million and a half dollars left to raise yeah and I I kind of thought well I have a lot of connections I think I can probably you know with some time I can make this happen and I went out and started meeting with people and what I found was uh, people just didn't really have a connection with our museum it wasn't that they didn't support it it was that they didn't Feel that connection, and there's if if you know anything about this region, it's very philanthropic. There's a lot of giving in this region, and there's always projects. You know, at that time there was the mountain had just happened, um, so people were involved in those pledges. There was the Boys and Girls Club, similar to us, had been working for many years towards a project. Um, You know, the crisis center had not it had not been very many years since that had gone up, and so people just um, the general public just. It, as a whole, there wasn't the same connection to the Becker County Museum as there was to some of those other entities. Sure. So I proposed to my board that we take a step back and really do some friend raising and figure out what is our place, You know, what, who are we, what do we want to be, um, and what does this region want need from us as a, as a historical society and a museum. So that launched us on a visioning process. I uh, pulled in a gentleman from the State Historical Society to kind of facilitate that visioning process. Mm -hmm. We looked really hard at what other museums were doing around the state, uh, You know what was working and what wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting at a county commissioner meeting one day. I was uh, waiting to present to our commissioners. And the county seal behind their head says Becker County. And then around that, it has agriculture, uh, industry, tourism and forestry and I thought of those everything but tourism and you could maybe even stretch some tourism has a science component to it and so I called our, our, our uh, representative at the state and I said what do you think of adding a science component to our vision and uh, he said let me think about it he was actually on his way to Detroit Lakes to do one of our visioning sessions and he got here and he said I think that's a genius idea I think it's great he said I don't think in every county it would work but I see where you're going with this. So we presented it to the board and we did a little more brainstorming on what that would look like. Um, the intent is not to take away from our history, but really to uh, enhance the story we're trying to tell. So, for instance, um, you know, industries in Becker County, if you start thinking BTD, SJ Rhombus, um, Team, all of those industries have seen tremendous growth and evolution as time has gone on. And two of them are using robots, for instance, every single day in their manufacturing. Uh So we've started to offer robotics camps, you know, that's Uh a need that we're seeing and a desire uh, in our youth. So let's offer these camps and help maybe spark that interest. So someday when they're an adult, maybe that'll carry them through to help support our industry. Um, so we ha- not all of our board members were sold on the idea by any means, and so we had a little bit of a test. We happened to have a Smithsonian exhibit coming in on waterways, which, of course, there's a lot of history behind our water and what it's done for development and life in Becker County, but it's also very scientific. Sure. <laughs> you know, I know some of your other guests have talked about the science with water and yeah. what have you. And so we cleared out our lower level, we took as many of the artifacts and exhibits out as we could, and we really worked on partnerships with the DNR, US US Fish and Wildlife, Tamarack, um, just all those natural resources that you can think of, Becker County Soil and Water, and we put hands-on learning down there, activities to really engage our youth and in that six weeks that that exhibit was there, we had more people in our doors than we've had in entire years before that. No kidding. So it really and it also gave us the opportunity to get right up close with those teachers and say, why now? You know, you some we do we always had classes doing tours in our museum, but this was a definite surge of classes. So why now? What brought you now? And the reason was the science in our schools. Um, history is not a core subject anymore it's science math and reading which are great subjects <laughs> but it's hard to find a connection with a history museum with that it's
0: unfortunate but yeah the, I think the picture is still this dusty old exactly and boring exactly who wants to memorize numbers <laughs> so exactly. you are actually you really um, were very contemporary and and able to connect to the present Cross-selling the history and right. making actually giving access again to the relevance of our past. Exactly. But but being able to to preserve and and keep telling the story and and the pride because what people maybe also forget in my opinion is we are very proud of what we have achieved but we we can and should and we are most likely always proud of what where we're coming from. Exactly. So we like we 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 should memorize or remember or or point out maybe how long it took or whatever path we had to take to arrive where we are today like at Detroit Lakes and a Becker County is thriving in a way well we have a shortage of everything mm-hmm. uh, like we are so good <laughs> that we need people and whatnot. but yeah we, we should always remember like hey that it's we have done that in this short of a time or so I mean in history like my point is a museum and history is relevant I mean exactly. we cannot just like live in today we should
1: we need that story of the past to learn for tomorrow how also. we can grow for tomorrow yeah mm-hmm. So um, it, yeah, the science component—you know—the funding is is a little bit more available. It's always a struggle with funding in schools for field trips, but but they can relate it back a little bit more um, legitimately for a science field trip. But when they come for that science field trip, they're getting that history museum. Yeah. you know, they're getting both. Yeah, they're 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 getting more than what they anticipated basically, and so. Um, Yeah, that then brought us to a situation with, okay, we've really grown our audience. We're seeing a surge not only in our youth participating in our programming, but their parents and their grandparents. You know, we're seeing a great surge in people really utilizing our facility
0: can you already realize like you yeah. jump membership numbers uh, attendance numbers so oh, yeah. those little four years yep. made such a difference
1: yeah and actually we added on um, in that four years we've added on one full-time staff you know we went from just a few pe- just two people basically running the museum to we have another full-time staff person and two part-time staff persons wow. so we've been able to grow from that perspective we had to because we wouldn't be able to continue that high right. level of programming without it um so wow um that brought us then back to our facility our facility is falling apart basically (laughs) we're in an old church and it is um the cost to fix some of the issues structurally in our facility outweigh what it would be just to build something new right and that was you know really that's the ultimate goal is getting our collection whether it be paper or a science item or an artifact in a in an environment where it can have the longest life possible where we can have it available for us to learn from for many years to come Mm -hmm. and right now we are it's raining today we we have many leaks in our building Mm -hmm. um it we've lost documents we've we've lost newspapers due to mold i mean it's it's really a a state of kind of emergency. Oh. Um, we were, you know, from a us- usability standpoint, we're not handicap accessible right now, which is a struggle. Um, we are. It's not efficient. Um, the The biggest harm to artifacts. As far as a temperature controlled environment, they're kind of like humans. They, they don't like sudden warm ups or sudden cool downs, sure. but it's not so much temperature, it's the humidity. You really humidity. have to control that humidity and we can't control that effectively where we are. So we went back to that plan, that, that building that was one story and it was a lovely plan, nothing wrong with it. But if we were going to grow in these other areas in that science component and that hands-on children's component, we needed a larger facility. So I pulled together um, the community center, our neighbors, community center and chamber, as well as county and city officials. And we really looked at who, what is the best, plan for people using the facilities what's the best plan for our patrons um parking is a huge need on that block if you've ever been there at you know 5 p.m or about 8 a.m there's no parking (laughs) um
0: sure because mm.
1: yeah because the community center is busy and that's a great that's that's a great problem to have honestly um what are some What are some situations within um, if we were to attach within both entities that we could solve together by a new facility? So we've looked at, for instance, uh, the home theater box office is open from ten to two right now. Well, we're uh, ten to two Monday through Friday. The museum is open ten to four Tuesday through Saturday. So we could share possibly a box office space and allow uh, greater accessibility for ticket purchases to the public as well as having then an extra set of hands in that box office so you've got museum and home theater representatives available to help you so we really looked at some creative ideas and that brought us to the plan that we have today Um, will the home theater and the museum will share that lobby space We'll have a box office space. We'll have a gift shop space. We revitalized the museum gift shop about two years ago now. It's really brought a lot to our bottom line. Um, We lost our bookstore in town um, a few years ago, and so we feature a lot of local topics of books. We feature a lot of local authors in there or regional authors. Um, So that'll be a space that both entities could sell items out of as well as the fitness facility. Um, there'll be a coffee shop location. Uh, there'll be, mm. of course, our research library will really grow. That component we talked about with the digitization of um, of items within our library will 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 move into that facility at least with the start of that mm-hmm. having occurred. Um, probably the thing I'm most excited about is we will actually have a, a room similar to what we're sitting in now to, to be able to record histories of people. So
0: mm.
1: you know we'll be able to bring in somebody that worked on ice harvest or worked on the railroad and sit down and talk to them about tell me about working on the railroad in the 1940s Mm -hmm. and we'll be able to record those stories we've started to do a little bit of that um we did that with our with ice harvest uh, Mm -hmm. a few years ago and uh, have recorded some of those individuals and have heard back from family members now, some of those individuals have already passed, unfortunately, but we've heard back from those family members of how valuable that is to them to have that voice recorded That's what I think. for the future. So, I'm really excited about that area. Mm-hmm. Um, our exhibit hall will grow in size, so we'll be able to have more exhibits. We'll be able to have larger traveling exhibits come in. Mm-hmm. And then upstairs, on our second floor level, we'll have... a. Uh, I mean, there's a huge classroom space that can actually, the walls will open up. So it'll be an event area with a small rooftop garden area. Wow! Um, So, you know, we can do events there. We could have a small musician group from the homes play there. We could have a fitness class from, you know, maybe the fitness side wants to do a yoga class out on that rooftop space. You know, we're really cooperating, I think is the biggest. Multi-purpose
0: building. Exactly.
1: Um, Really working together, although it will be owned by the museum. And the community center, still will function as it was. We're really looking at that partnership, Um, and then the hands-on science and children's learning center is really going to just bring so much to our region's youth. Um, The possibilities are limitless, really. Right. Um, If you think about some of the shows that the Holmes Theater brings in, uh, let's say they're bringing in a show on. Uh, you know, World War II, we can then do an exhibit that relates back to Becker County. Mm. Um, Or vice versa. This coming fall, we have uh, an exhibit coming called Electrifying Minnesota, and we'll Mm. do that Becker County component to it. Well, maybe the Home theater then has a kids show that features something about electricity. Sure, sure. (laughs) You know, so really working together as partners and neighbors and really, in the end, enriching the lives in Becker County.
0: Yeah, really, really, really great. Uh, um, how far are we with the uh, um, uh, realization of that plan? Like uh, you mentioned, 1.5 million was pledged five, four <laughs> years ago. Are we, how? It sounds a little bit more expensive now, yeah, just a little is bit more. Five to ten, million? yeah, or like
1: what, where are we at with that? Exactly, good question. So, yep, uh, you know, adding a floor and square footage always increases price. So, we did add the floor that's cheap, it's cheaper to go up than to go out, of course. Sure. Um, and so the, the current facility is at 6.4 million is the price tag. Um, we still have that one point five in pledges from a few years ago, and the city of Detroit Lakes recently pledged um, five hundred thousand, so we're at about the two million mark. So we d- we have about four point four left to raise. Yeah, uh, um, I have a third. Yeah, yeah. Two thirds left. Yep. Um, we do have on the state level some bond dollars. There is a bond bill that has been proposed that will n- likely not happen in twenty nineteen. It's not an official bonding year so um but hopefully fingers crossed it will happen in 2020 if that were to happen that's worth three million dollars Um, And explain that a bond would be a loan? A bond is actually you apply for bonding dollars. No, it's really you're awarded those dollars. Um, From the state? Yeah, from the state, yep. It's a tough process, and of course you're competing with the entire state. Mm -hmm. Um, But our local representatives, uh, Senator Eakin and Representative Marcourt, are the individuals who've introduced that bond bill, and they really see the value in this facility from all aspects, from the arts, from the culture, from the science, you know, it's, it's not, it's not even STEM, it's not even STEAM, it's STEAM with history. So we're, we really have all of the components and physical fitness actually all under one roof. Mm-hmm. Um, really the cooperation of two different entities really working together to form one large entity that, you know, is the best for our community. Mm-hmm. So
0: And the hopes are to have that built by 2022,
1: 2023, or? We actually have a pretty aggressive timetable, and that goes back to uh, the condition of our building because we've been kind of in this rotation for about a decade of trying to get a new building and and planning. You know, that planning started about 10, 12 years ago. Um, Our building has really depreciated in that time. And so the hope is to break ground in the summer of 20 and be moving in by the fall of 2021.
0: Oh, that's aggressive. Yeah. It is very aggressive, yeah. very aggressive.
1: Okay. Um, but, you know, we we won't know until we start. Yeah. And, and really, you know, it comes down to when you break that down, if we all gave up one cup of coffee a day for three years, we'd have our building. I know.
0: The I f- know. That's where
1: the finances end up, you know. Um, if every, I did the math, if every household... in in the county was able to give like $375, we would have our building. So it it is a lot of money, but it really does break down to a pretty reasonable contribution at any level. You know, any gift helps that bottom line. So, and I think back to, you know, this organization in 1882, I'm just looking at my notes here, that 1882 is when those early pioneers kind of had the forethought of, we need to start preserving what's happening for the future. Really? And so they started that, uh, the Early Pioneer Settlers Union, and I think how cool would it be in, at our 150th anniversary as a county and a city to be reopening something that is fit for not only the past and today, but also the future.
0: It's actually it's a social responsibility almost Yeah. to uh, to capture today you know so, right. so I think we should all do uh, um, I'll buy a membership today actually <laughs> uh, uh, right? I think uh, yeah. I think everybody should yeah. um, it's that easy so um, I will uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I probably will come more often and I gladly communicate your efforts and statuses and um, uh, I I I think it's very relevant. I'm glad I learned so much today. Yeah,
1: good. I'm glad I was able to help you learn.
0: Well, it was very surprising when I called you. You <laughs> was like,
1: oh, yeah, sure, I come.
0: I was <laughs> like, I didn't even have to explain what we are doing. So <laughs> you knew about us and you knew about our little program. That was I very, did, very yeah. nice. Uh, thank you for that. And um, I'm glad that you're using this uh, vehicle uh, yeah. that we are able to communicate your story and um I wasn't aware of that aggressive uh, plan, but um, that's coming up. I work a lot with time yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and timing is of the essence. Yep. So um, I hope I will be able to, to share the story and um, People can go, what is it, beckercountymuseum.com or org? It's or?
1: beckercountyhistory.org. Okay. Um, and our, our website will be going under a little remodel. It's desperately in need of it. Um, but we're very active on our Facebook page. Okay. Or you could call us at 218-847-2938. And, you know, we'd be happy to sit down and talk to you about this plan or what we have as far as future exhibits. We have lots of great stuff happening in the future. Um. So I just, you know, I encourage you to get involved and and really, uh, I think when we are in our 20s to probably about 40s, we're in a different frame of mind. We're trying to, you know, make ends meet, basically, and, and working on the house and you're busy with kids. But... We have so many opportunities that are multi-generational and just bring those. This Saturday, for instance, there is, you know, a a family day. So come in, there's activities um, and we have those every single month. So there's always something to do.
0: Yeah. Very, very, very cool. (laughs) Well, thank you again. Thank Um, you. I I will see you soon. All right.
1: Sounds great. Thank you.
0: Have a good weekend. Yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tune in again next week with another great guest and updates. Always check out our website, uh, lakelifeweekend.com. And if you have some comments, please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com. And uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead.